not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. All right, hey, it's Monday morning, and we got some winners, and we got a race fixing to happen today in New Hampshire. They're going to, unfortunately, uh, you know, that nasty word showed up, rain. It's been kind of uh, a common sight again. Of course, hey, look, guys, it's afternoon racing. From my experience, you're going to get some afternoon showers in the summer. So that's part of what, that's just part of it. How long it rains is another situation. But guys, we're going to start off with uh, Xfinity with uh, the pole setter, guys. Young man I've known ever since 13, met him at Nashville's uh, fairgrounds, driving in the uh, super late models, 13 years old. Mama lets him get behind the wheel and, He's turned that into an Xfinity ride this year. Okay, we'll go ahead and get started with our post-qualifying media availability. We're joined by driver Chandler Smith, driver of the number 16, Quick Tie Products Incorporated Chevrolet for Colleague Racing. Um, Chandler, you've been having quite the rookie season, two poles in a row. How's it feel? Yeah, I'm just thankful to be here, thankful the good Lord blessed me with this opportunity to be with Colleague Racing with a really hard-working group of men and women back at the shop bringing me fast Chevy Camaros every week. Awesome. Okay, we'll go ahead and open up the questions. Um, go ahead and raise your hand and state your affiliation. We'll start with uh, Holly and then go over to Bob. Hi, Chandler. Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. I know you've already been asked this, but obviously for a first time out to win the poll like this, what do you chalk that up to? Just it naturally felt right for you? or No, it felt horrible. I came over the radio right before I crossed the line. I was like, sorry guys, that was an absolutely dog crap of a lap. And he goes, uh, my crew chief, Bruce, he goes, uh, yeah, we can't hear you there. That's P1. You ran a 15. I was like, man, there's no way I'm going to get the pole. Somebody's going to run like a 2990 or something. That was absolutely horrible. So I'm very surprised that I'm sitting in a press conference talking about getting the pole. All right, go ahead, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I did not pick that music. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. It's like we were back in Music City. Yeah. Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Uh, is is Colleg Racing an angry team this week uh, after last week? I don't know. I believe that's the stat, guys, like you. All right. Come on up here to the front. Gary. Matthew Warrens with Northeast Sports News. Chandler, how much has uh, Daniel... And now you got Austin Dillon as a teammate this weekend. How much have they been a help to you uh, preparing for this race? Yeah, it's always good to have people like that as an asset that have way more experience than I do. That's been to this place, raced these cars for way longer than I have, just to pick their brain and uh, try to bridge a little bit of that experience gap that I don't have on them <clears throat> and learn from that. So it's a really good resource to have, and uh, I'm very grateful to have them. Right. 
Dustin Albino, JC Chandler, how did you feel about the car and uh, race trim for tomorrow? I felt really good. Really, 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 really good about the race trim. So I uh, was kind of worried about how I was going to qualify, to be honest with you. Um, didn't feel like it was a good lap at all. So, like I said, I'm just very happy and blessed to be here, but also surprised. Ready to go eat some lobster, though. Y'all got any recommendations for good restaurants around here? You do? Okay, good. Sorry. Continue. All right. Any more questions? All right. Short and sweet. Thanks for coming in, Chandler. Yep, thank you. <laughs> well, I expect to win with the best car. I know it's not exciting, but it's exciting for me, Bob. <laughs> All right. Now that everybody's in here, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, John Hunter Nemechek, got your uh, fourth win of the season. How's it feel? <laughs> Uh, it feels really good. Um, our Toyota GR Supra was really good all weekend. Uh, we struggled a little bit in practice, but made the right adjustments overnight and yesterday for qualifying. And um, I think we led almost three quarters of the race there or something. So um, pretty dominant performance by the whole 20 team. Uh, just proud to be a part of Joe Gibbs Racing and in, in the Xfinity Series uh, in, in this 20 car every single weekend. Um, Everyone at Toyota, uh, TRD, everyone that's believed in me has, has been a huge uh, part of my career over the last three years. And, um, man, winning just keeps getting better and better every time you do it. Okay, we'll go ahead and open up the questions. We'll start up front. We'll go around the room. Nathan Song with the podium finish. John Hunter, obviously two in a row. Are you guys gelling at the right time? Uh, I think so. Um, I don't think that we are peaking, let, let's say that. Um, I feel like we gelled from almost day one, uh, Ben and all the guys and uh, this whole 20 team and everyone at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, we've been really fast every single week. I think that this is really the first weekend or one of the first weekends where we've had no issues, no mistakes, not had to overcome anything, and um, it definitely showed. And then just those last two restarts, just kind of what was your mindset with four to go and then the NASCAR overtime? Don't mess up. Say it. Don't make a mistake. Come up right here and then we'll come up front. Ethan Miller, Speedway Digest. To build off of that, you had a big lead before that late caution came out. Was there any ever any concern about the late restarts, or did you think you could hold them off? Um, I knew that we had a good enough Toyota GR Supra to hold them off, but um, at the same time, when it comes down to a restart, anything can happen. I mean, Cole was probably one of the other best cars and then got wrecked there, right? So um, there's so many different things that can happen on restarts. You can buzz tires. Somebody can get into you. Um, so restarts are always nerve-wracking. When you have a three-and-a-half, four-second lead and you're, you're clear sailing, uh, that definitely feels a lot better than having to have multiple restarts at the end. Okay, come up front. Same theme, but just comment on your efficiency on those restarts, especially that last one. Um, just got good launches. Um, tried to prep everything that I knew how to do and, and tried to get out of the restart zone as best as I could. Uh, the bottom lane was playing games for sure. Um, trying to roll speed um, as the bottom doesn't take off quite as good here uh, compared to the top. So um, just had to overcome all of that. All right. Any more questions? Go to Bob. Spaced out there. Fox, Fox Sports. I have two. The first is just how important is it to win a race when you feel like you have the dominant car and it's a race that's like yours to lose? Um, it, it's very important when you have a dominant car and you, you expect to win that race, right? Um, I, I think when you have a car like we did today and everything gels, um, 
when you have those final restarts, it's like, man, what is going to go wrong that's going to take me out of contention here? Um, but I, I think from a driver perspective, it, it's not overextending what your car is capable of on those restarts and just letting the, the car do the work. And you were talking about the guys playing games on the inside. Did you see, could you tell what happened on, when everybody on the one restart where everybody piled in to each other? And did, did that make your job, I guess, any easier or tougher on the restarts following it? Uh, it made my job tougher, for sure. Um, you didn't know when a guy on the bottom was going to try and launch or if he was going to time it perfect, right? Um, so being the car on the top, uh, Chandler, um, throttled up as soon as we got to the to the restart zone and I didn't launch yet and then he had to check up because leader has to launch first right um, so when he checked up it just stacked the whole field up so um, they on the bottom you you had to try and roll and, and get a launch just because you're at a deficit by restarting on the bottom compared to the top okay we'll come back up front and then we'll go to the in the back you just comment on the crew chief's calls with so many cautions pretty easy strategy race in my opinion um, you have three sets of tires pit end of stage one into stage two and then once in the final stage and that's all you got go ahead it seems to be going well but what's it been like working with Ben this year it's been good um, I, I feel like it, at the start um, him and I had to figure out how to communicate with one another um, we I feel like are different uh, people than what we have worked with in the past or different personalities than what we've worked with in the past. Um, whether that's good, bad, and different, I don't know, but um, we seem to be gelling. Um, being able to talk and, and communicate the way that we do, being able to understand uh, each other when we talk about a setup or, or what I'm looking for in a car or what he's kind of thinking. Um, I have the trust in him that I can tell him something, and he's going to go and try and fix it. Um, like yesterday, like I said in practice, we were 10th or 12th on the board, and uh, we we weren't very good. Um, and him and uh, our two engineers, Grayson and Evan, and they went to work. Um, they they tried figuring out what we needed to do uh, b between practice and qualifying, we qualified second, and then being able to make adjustments in the race today and overnight to to today. Um, we just went in the right direction, and I feel like Ben has a lot of experience. Um, I, I feel like Ben is older than I feel like he is, right, um, age-wise, but uh, he has been around for a while, and being able to have, I guess, a, a little bit of a younger mindset with Ben and, and having him come off the Cup Series the last two years, working with KB, getting a lot of good information, a lot of good feedback, um, just being able to kind of talk with one another and, and gel, it, it makes that so much better. Thank you. Right, over here to Dustin. There he is. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. John, John you know, the, this was always the plan to get into a position to win races from a couple years ago. So you are doing what you had hoped to do. So what are you hoping people see out of you now because I'd also say that you know we always hear so many times that racing in the middle of the pack can be some of the hardest racing even more so than the front so what do you what do you hope that people are seeing as you are winning these races with not to take anything away from you but this is a very strong car so in one sense you should be but what are you showing people 
I hope that I'm living up to the expectation. Um, I, I feel like when I made the move to come back from front row after 2020, I learned a lot that year in Cup. Um, I value my experience and, and value the opportunity that I had and that I took and everything that Bob Jenkins and everyone at Front Row did for me. Um, I, when I made the move, it was to come back and win races, right? Just like you said, and to come back and win championships. And I haven't won a championship yet, which is very frustrating for me. Um, but we've won a lot of races, won a lot of races in the truck series, winning races in the Xfinity series. Um, one, I guess, in 2021, and a Joe Gibbs racing car as well. So um, the goal has been to win races, and it's hard to do. It is, even with very good equipment and uh, with very good support from Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyota TRD. So um, I, I feel like everyone expected us to have a good year and to win races, um, and hopefully that we're living up to that expectation now. Um, I, I think one of your coworkers at NBC possibly said that uh, – we were that they couldn't choose a favorite this year, right? Um, with Austin Hill winning, with myself winning, um, they kind of thought that we were going to be dominant. Cole Custer was going to be dominant, and um, there's some really tough competition for sure. Um, and you're going to see uh, a lot of us battle until the very end this year. Um, so it's all about winning races for me, trying to go win the regular season championship, trying to win the championship um, at the end of the year come Phoenix and. We're going to do everything that we can to do that. Thank you. Go to the back. Uh, Steven Stump, FrontShirts.com. Congrats on the win. I apologize this has been asked already, but uh, <laughs> laps were ticking down. You were you looked like with 10 to go you were going to be pulling away, and then all those those late strings of cautions. Uh, were you were, were you like this is going to be no problem, or were you like oh no oh no. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say, oh, no, but there's so many unknowns when you come down to an overtime restart, right? Um, who could have saved a little bit more tire? Whose car may be faster for uh, a couple laps compared to somebody who's better on the long run? Um, luckily today, I felt like we had both speed on the short run and the, and the long run. So um, when it comes down to it, you have to focus and settle in and try and go do the best that you can on the restarts and execute and not make mistakes, and we were able to do that. Thanks. All right. Any more questions? All right. Appreciate you coming in. Thank you, guys. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right. Hey, we'll be there live the whole weekend in the fan zone. Stop by. Let's do an interview. Just talk about why you're at Daytona. Uh, I like it in August the 25th. The last weekend of uh, August, because one reason. Fourth of July is stacked down in Daytona. It's hard to find a room. It's easier to find a room in uh, August, last weekend of August, because everybody's gone back to school. So, hey, uh, we're getting ready. I'm leaving tomorrow, headed to uh, Pocono, guys. If you've never been to Pocono, you got to go. It's uh, 
probably one of the friendliest tracks there is. I, I've had such great experience in Pocono. I'm looking forward to getting back to Pocono, hanging out with Kyle Magna. Uh, Kyle, I hope you get to feeling better today, man. Uh, I'll see you, if not Wednesday evening, Thursday, somewhere around mid-lunch. But, guys, we got uh, we got we got a race to race today at, at lunch, and uh, they're gonna roll on with the uh, cup. It was a rain out on Sunday, so we're doing it on Monday. Kevin Harvick, we're gonna listen to Kevin Harvick. Uh, you know, Kevin's getting out of the number four, gonna retire, retire, and uh, probably gonna do like me, right, work for racing money. You can stand right there, Kevin. I have, well, first of all, congratulations on your retirement. It's awesome. Good luck, good luck to you and the broadcast booth. Look, over the years, I've given you a lot of lobsters here at New Hampshire Motors and Speedway, but I wanted to give you a little something different this time. So we have a custom-built musket built out of Connecticut, handcrafted, that commemorates your four wins, your record time, four wins here at the Magic Mile. And as a special thank you for being a great ambassador to our track and all of our fans, I present to you this beautiful musket. Thank you very much. Wow, that's cool. Um, yeah, just, you know, I think for, for me it's been a great, great place to race, so thank you. started with our media availabilities for today. We are now joined by Kevin Harvick. If you have a question, please raise your hand and we will get a mic right over to you. We'll start down here in the front with Claire. Claire B. Lang, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Can you talk about qualifying today and the fact that a lot of people think that this is one of the harder tracks to qualify on. Can you take us through what you think about qualifying? It is because you, you, you just have to pick up the pace, but you can't slip the tire, and it's just such a fine line of, of where the edge is here as far as sliding the car or sliding the front of the car and, and getting offline. So you just have to be pretty, um, it's pretty line sensitive to go fast, and, and you have to put the car in the right spot. So it's a, it's a balance in, in knowing what the, what the pace is compared to um, what you did in practice and, and how, how much faster you need to go. And why do you think you're so good at this track? This could be a track you capitalize on. Yeah, well, it's 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 just been a, a good place for us to race uh, th throughout the years. I grew up on a lot of the short tracks and flat short tracks out west, and, and we spent a lot of time um, at RCR on a lot of the flat tracks and always always ran good, and that carried over to, to Stuart Haas Racing and, and wound up, you know, this wound up being one of our, our really good spots. I feel like 4-1 should be 10, uh, but I feel like that at a lot of places. So uh, I guess that's just the, the racer's mentality of, of how you think about things. So it's it's been a great place to race, and, and I've seen it go through some, some different transitions as far as, um, you know, the layout of the track. But it's it's been uh, it's been fun to come here. And, and we have a great we have a great following up here, and you know I think a lot of that started when we went to the Oxford 250. I think that was 2009, and 
and just have had a you know a good a good fan following through throughout the years. So it's always a a fun place to to race in front of those fans that have followed you for so long. Come right here. Nathan Solomon with the podium finish. Kevin, what do you expect for the new tire this weekend? I didn't know it was new. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. Uh, you know, I think for for the things that that I've been able to um, to go through so far with this car, you don't really know until until you race it. Every time every time I try to predict something, it's usually wrong. So, you, you know, I think as we've as we've gone through uh, last year and, and the beginning of this year, there are some places that are a little bit different on the on the tire. Um, you know, compared to the other short tracks. So this place is just a little bit unique, and, and I'm sure that's why they, they switched it up a little bit for here. Come down here to Mark. Mark Carroll, PRN. Kevin, how do you balance the seat? We're in the second half of the season. You're going to a lot of these places now for the final time. New Hampshire, then we go on to Pocono next week. How, how do you balance it? You just want to stay in the zone competitively, but also trying to enjoy some of this as you go through the last time? Yeah, it's really been no issue. Um, you know, we've had such a laid out plan for, for so long, and, and all that was, was intended to, to know that you're going to do things, but also put yourself in a position to, to be competitive. We've done that pretty much every week, except for Chicago and, and North Wilkesboro, and, and, you know, you just have to grind away, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast with this particular car. You're just going to have some weeks that, that you're off, so... For the most part, we've we've been competitive. We've had a couple chances to to win races, and just hadn't hadn't had that all come together and, and be able to to get to victory lane. So, um, you know, from the competition side, I think everything has has gone well, and and the rest of it, we planned for and, and knew that it would be more work than than what a normal season would be. But um, yeah, I, I think there's there's some places that that you that you look at and and realize everything that you've you've been able to accomplish throughout the years and and you can kind of go back. That's the cool part about this year is you can let your guard down and go back and say, yeah, that has been a good racetrack for us and we have been fortunate to have su some success and and this is one of those places that that you can check that box and and let your guard down and say, yeah, it's been a great racetrack for us and we have had some success. So um, so that makes it that makes it fun because it you know you really don't. There's nothing to hide anymore. You don't have to. You don't have to hide uh, what you think or you know about really anything just because of the fact that that you know it's it, next year is is different and and um, but for years you know I just I didn't want everybody to to really know what I thought or what I was thinking or um, know too much about you and and because you you know you can you can put yourself in a position to where. Uh, people know your weaknesses and strong points, and and so the less you say, the the less they know. So that's that's not really relevant this year, and that's that's been fun to kind of just let your guard down and say what you think. As consistent as you guys have been, do you feel like you're building towards a win? That if you get the right circumstances, you guys are are, are ready to capitalize. I do, and you know, you look back at Nashville, and the car was so fast. You know, I think we ran the leaders down by like four seconds, and and then the tire went flat. So. You know, we had that same thing at Phoenix and a couple other places, and and just just doesn't hasn't worked out. So, um, so you just got to keep grinding away, and and hopefully you get some some things that go your way like we did last year, and keep the cars running good, and we'll put yourself in position and go from there. We'll come down here to Holly. Hey Kevin, Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. 
I just wondered if you feel uh, any sort of intensity picking up as we're getting inching a little bit closer to the playoffs, or is that not even something that exists anymore because, you know, there's so much high pressure and stakes every, every week you're out there, but there's still some, some people that are below the cutoff line, not mm-hmm. like you, that need a win to get in. Do you feel that kind of intensity picking up with each of these races, and do you expect that this weekend? I don't feel like really anything changes anymore. I think there's some, I, I, I think there's probably some desperation. Um, yeah, I think as you saw with with some of the some of the circumstances at Atlanta, with people staying out hoping for rain, and and Chicago, you know, trying to put yourself in a position with the pit cycle and, and things like that. So, you know, those are just um, those are there's definitely some hail marys. They work every once in a while, so you just you, you never know, right? So it's it's. It's definitely different with this car because it is so intense every week with the restarts and, and what you have to do to, to pass and and, and so I, I you know for us it doesn't really change because in 2015 we just decided to race every week like it was a playoff week and and that way you don't have to I never feel like if you have to if you have to switch gears you're in big trouble because it's a it's a different way to race. Are there any final questions for Kevin? We'll go to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, last couple of weeks, maybe not un- intended, the Atlanta went less than 300 miles, and the Chicago was only scheduled 220 miles, went less than 200 miles. Uh, you know, you've been around long enough where it was like it's 500 miles, 400 miles, and the idea of shortening races was, you know, you're not supposed to do that. But the idea that all these, you know, there, there are these races that are 300 miles or have been fewer than 300 miles, um, is that is there learnings to take from that and that, what the racing is like, what it can be, um, what it can mean for the sport. That that is there, yeah. is a better, shorter can be well, better. Well, I think I think Atlanta needed to go all the way with the way that the stages broke up and everything. I think Chicago was scheduled to be too long, yeah. and I think um, you know if we start a race in the rain, we need to have a time limit or something because the the rain laps are so much slower, uh, and it just winds up taking all day. But I, I think that 75 laps at Chicago would would have been fine. I think. That everybody will probably go back and look and review and, and see that the the shorter race at, at that particular uh, place would have been fine and and I'm still of the opinion uh, you know if the race starts in wet weather that we should we should uh, if it's on an oval or you're in hurry up mode like we were at Atlanta that it should just have the rolling stages like we do on the road courses um, I think you should have that option to to clarify that before the race because we might have been able to get the whole race in Atlanta if we didn't stop. Um, for for the for the stages, so probably not, but it would have just it would have given you a better opportunity. So I think you need to have those hurry up hurry up modes and, and possibly talk about you know just time. But time really time really became of the essence at, at um, uh, Chicago just because of the fact that it was going to get dark. So, but I, I think that that race being 75 laps would have been fine even in the dry. We'll come down here to Dan. Dan Gelson, AP. Uh, Kevin, you talked about spending more time with your son and his racing career next year. Um, what about like KHI? What about SHR? Are you going to be trying involved at all behind trying to grow KHI? Are you stepping away from that for any reason, or can it, other business ventures, other interests? What, what are you looking? For? Yeah, so you know, there's really nothing happening at, at Stuart Haas Racing um, for for me personally, but. You know, I think from a management standpoint, we, we've gone and restructured all that to to be able to spend more time with the, with the drivers and the things that they're doing and the teams. And 
um, you know, we will run several late models and, and super late models out of our shop next year, and and so that that's already in process. So we we've we've been going through the you know, the the new look of of what everything will look like as far as uh, KHI and KHI management, and, and we opened up a, you know an easy go dealership in in Mooresville. So that that stuff's kind of like the retirement stuff. It's all been in play for the last year and a half as as to what that looks like when when Phoenix is over. Um, all that stuff will be functioning already by the by the end of the year. So um, yeah, so there, there's already yeah there, there's already a few cars that are in the shop, and you know we've been transitioning through facilities, um, you know as far as storage and, and shop space and, and things like that. Go down here to Claire. Question. I was thinking when you got the gun that we go to a lot of tracks for other drivers and they're giving Dangerous. them rocking chairs in the last few years. I think about Gordon. I think about some of the people that retired. I don't know if you said no or if they think you're so badass. They're like, well, we'll give him a gun. He ain't getting no rocking chairs. We yeah. haven't seen any of that, right? Well, I did get one rocking chair, but that was from my friend Jake Owen, and it's got... Yeah, so I do have a few rocking chairs that that uh, have come from from other places, um, but yeah, that's what yeah that's what I want to be. I want to I want to I want to I want to be full of energy and and do things in a, in a different way and make a difference from the TV booth and and you know with our drivers and and teams that we work with from the management side of things and and people think you know they're like why would you open up a retail business? I'm like well. Everybody's done everything for me for my whole entire racing career, so it's fun to be involved on a daily basis of, you know, sales and marketing and and all the things that that come with a with a retail business. So that's really more uh, because of a relationship and and for me to to give me something to do. But um, I've learned that, and Dale Jr. warned me of this, that I would be busier when I got out of the car than I was when I was in the car because in the car you have an excuse to not do things out of the car you have no excuse to not to do anything so I'm learning that quickly uh, but I do have I will have control of my schedule after I get done with with the first half in Fox as far as what I do on the weekends and and um, but during the week I, you know I have to I have to work it's just my wife would kill me if I didn't work if I was if I was home every day I would be a big problem we would have we would have way too many projects going on so it's um, it's, it's going to be fun because I really enjoy the race team part of it. Uh, I always said that I would never do the race team stuff again, uh, but I enjoy, you know, I've really, I really enjoyed just watching the the car at, at Caraway with with Lane rigs in it and, and watching everybody work. And now it's now it's to the point of now we're out hiring people and putting people in the shop and, and racing. So, um, so yeah, well, you, you, the good news is it doesn't really matter where it goes, um, so as long as it's fun and we can enjoy it and. Uh, I really enjoy the you know the group of owners that we have with the with the cars tour and the impact that we've made on short track racing and so starting to realize just the impact that you can make for the racers and and the sport in general to uh, to help progress it in a, in a great direction and and so that's been that's been kind of a you know a learning curve of of the impact that you can have on things so um, we'll continue to to go forward with that and and just try to help people in whatever way we can to make racing great. We're going to go in the back to Tad, and then to Dustin, and then right here in the middle. Hey, Kevin. Tad with NASCAR.com. You mentioned the late model stuff. Kyle Busch was at Lee USA Speedway last night. You've seen a lot more cup drivers running late model stuff. Are there any bucket list 
races that, that you guys want to run with your late model program next year that now that you have the time to do it, you're going to be able to? I mean, the, the, the plan right now is to run, you know, a lot of those races at Snowball Derby, Slinger, Nashville, however that all lays out. It just depends. We have, you know, the, the, the race teams are primarily going to be used for um, the management company drivers and, and the things that, that they want to do as as we go forward. So, you know, the, the teams are really kind of an are an extension of, of what we'll do from the management side to, to give them the opportunity to, to get in good cars and be safe and, and do the things that we can do, but also help the cars tour and, and uh, you know, be able to, to put cup guys in there when they when they want to come race. So um, I don't know that it's necessarily for me. Uh, I, I could, you know, I could honestly wind up not driving another race next year if, if it winds up that busy because I enjoy watching them. But I, I don't know how I'll feel about that in June next year after you've not, not done anything for six months. So I think that's kind of a moving target, but I want our, our management and you know those guys to be able to have the opportunity to go do what they want to do and, and do it in good cars. Go to Dustin, and we'll come right here. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, since you're talking about being able to be more open um, about things and opinions in, in your career in this last year, who, were, who was a driver throughout your career, and obviously it's, expand, it, it's stretched over a long period of time, that the driver was that pushed you the most, that made you want to, to, to be better, who was the biggest pain in the butt, who was, uh, yeah. you know. Well, I'm still driving, so we can't go away. There is, there is a limit, but I thought it was always fun when Kyle had his teams, and, you know, him and Hornaday were going at it, and we would just, we would run races just to aggravate him, just, just for fun, uh, when I would drive it, and, you know, I think he would do the same, and, you know, it drove him into building his own teams and getting out of the 51 truck and building his own teams. And, and that was just a really fun period of time because that, that would carry over from from Friday to Saturday to Sunday and we'd run over each other. And and as as we've gone through the years, you've, you've learned to, to respect each other. And, and I think it, you know, it had a great, um, you know, there was a great um, rivalry there for a number of years, whether it was on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So it was... That, that to me was a great period of time of, of being able to, you know, to, to push the limit and, and, and also have fun with that, that particular piece of, of the puzzle. We stuck it to him a few times. <laughs> we'll wrap right here in the front. Hi, Kevin. Gerald Covey with Northeast Sports News. Um, sort of a dovetail off the previous question, but how important do you see the role of you guys, you know, what you and Dale are doing with the Cars Tour and, um, and, and these guys coming down and racing at the short track level? How important do you see uh, you drivers as a bridge sort of between these short tracks and NASCAR for, for fans? Hey, well, I think the most important thing is, is using our platform to expose who those short track drivers are. I think that's the, and Josh Berry's been a huge part of that and being able to recognize the you know that there are a lot of really good short track racers and and Josh uh being able to to go in the four cars and and you know it's not a paid for situation gives a lot of those guys a lot of hope and and that it can be done and it can be um you know a part of just doing the right thing uh being successful and and doing the right things on and off the racetrack so we have a lot of great racers across the country racing at these short tracks and you know I think for for us 
you know, our focus is, is the cars tour and, and as you see from the four of us and, and on a weekly basis just promoting the races and, and when they're on and um, you know, if the, some of the guys and gals have fun tweets or posts on Instagram, then you see Dale or myself, um, you know, reposting that stuff and just trying to give them a platform to, to be able to, to have a shot and, and really just try to help them understand what is actually supposed to happen, um, you know, from a social standpoint, from a, how you act and how you drive. And, and I don't think we've had that over the last few years, and I think that's why some of the racing gets sloppy. Um, you know, at the at the short track levels because they get away with it, and we're not going to let that happen. And I think that's important. All right, Kevin, thank you for your yep. time today, and good luck this weekend. All right, guys, uh, Kevin Harvick. I've been blessed enough to be able to have been around Kevin probably the last seven to eight years. Uh, this year I've been around him, I think, uh, six races, and Kevin is relaxed and he's cool. But, guys, let, let, let's talk about Mr. Freeze because he <laughs> – Kyle did. Kyle and I did a 360. We both did 360s in our life. And, uh, man, Kyle right now sitting in that uh, – Number eight, three chive car. He is nothing but relaxed, laid back, and doing some driving. I, I, I would have never ever thought Kyle would have his attitude would have changed like it has, but it has really made uh, RCR uh, a comeback team, comeback company, guys. Because Richard has uh, got his chest bowed back and sipping out of that bottle of wine in victory lane but uh he'll be racing later today had a good chance of winning last week's race the chicago race uh i mean kyle's car has been fast and he's been in it since daytona We'll go ahead and continue with our media availabilities for today. We're now joined by Kyle Bush, driver of the number eight Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. We'll go ahead and open up for questions. If you have one, please raise your hand and we will get a mic over to you. We'll start in the back with Dustin. Dustin Albino, JC. Kyle, you're 36 points out of the regular season championship lead. How, how much are you looking at that currently with seven races left? Uh, I think I was looking at it about race two or three. <laughs> uh, I think you always kind of try to keep a pulse on it and just kind of see what's going on. You know, uh, seven weeks ago we weren't looking too uh, looking too good, but we've made some really good headway in the last seven weeks of being able to work our way back up the point standings and get ourselves closer to that front. Um, you know, I was doing a point study earlier this week and. Um, you know, we're 120 playoff points or stage points less than William Byron. And if I had half of that, I'd be leading the points by 20. You know what I mean? So we just have to be able to execute better in the stages to be able to get stage points. That's what it's going to come down to. So we know our weaknesses and um, just still trying to figure that out on, on how to improve that and make that to where uh, we don't have weaknesses. Go to Tad. Hey, Kyle, Tad Haysip with NASCAR.com. 
on that note, does the regular season championship impact your race strategy? Obviously, like, you're good with the wins for, for the playoffs, but if it gets down to a point where, like, there's a late caution and you're deciding whether to pit, how, how does that impact what you guys do? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we've had a couple races where we haven't scored any stage points in the last couple weeks, but then we just keep fuel in the car, and then we come up with the flip strategy where we're able to stay out when others pit to cycle ourselves to the lead and, um, you know, get up to the front. So we've, we've kind of been on the, the better side of that the last two weeks with the weather and uh, with daylight in Chicago. But, um, you know, you, you want to be up front all the time. And having that opportunity at Talladega from our win at Fontana, we were able to, again, stay out and push the envelope on fuel and, and try to go for a win and see if we could get it. And fortunately, we did. You know, we made it. We got it. And so that was definitely a help. And, um, you know, you, you want – that's five extra bonus points over the second place guy winning the regular season deal, so that's a big deal. We're going to come down here to Holly and then go back to Dustin. <clears throat> Kyle, hi, Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. Do you feel like there's kind of already established a group of championship favorites, or do you think it's still really very much up in the air? Yeah, um, I do. Um, I would say that there's probably a consensus of probably eight or nine guys that are that are up there and in, in that top that um our championship contenders caliber whatever you want to say um i would say we're we're just barely there you know we're not uh, lighting the world on fire you know like the the 24 is super good every week they're really fast the 19 has been super good really fast so uh i would put those two guys kind of as your your front runners but um you know we're probably around the eighth or ninth spot we're going to go to Dustin, then to Bob, and then to Mark. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Kyle, you've talked about um, the, the struggles on some of the, the shorter tracks this year and trying to get better there. Does this fall into that category? And if so, what are you looking, <coughs> hoping to get out of this weekend or be able to feel or get, get that you haven't been able to guide, guys get so far? Yeah, uh, this is a weekend where, you know, we, we come here – not planning on, but knowing that this has been our struggle. Um, and so it's just the shorter spoiler, the, the less strikes on the, on the diffusers. So um, the less downforce has kind of just been our Achilles heel this year so far. So we'd love to come out of here and, and just have a, a solid run and, you know, learn and get better. And, you know, the previous events, Martinsville, we ran 25th all day. Richmond, we ran 16th all day. Uh, Phoenix, we ran 10th, 11th all day, you know. So um, we just need to make some gains on that and uh, get ourselves more closer to the front with some of our other Chevrolet key partner guys that, that they're doing it. So no reason why we shouldn't do it. And does a new tire here, how much does that throw the equation? Because, like, they struggled at, at Richmond and Martinsville and, and Phoenix, but now this is a different tire. Does that change things? And how much, and how much if you learn something, can you turn around and carry over to Richmond in two weeks? Yeah. Um, I would say that this tire being a little bit different is probably not that big a deal. Um, just hearing what Christopher Bell's comments were on it from when they were here doing the tire test, uh, it doesn't seem like it's drastically different. So I don't think that's going to play a factor as big as maybe it once did earlier years. But, um, yeah, learning something here, getting better here, just showing progress here will definitely translate over to Richmond. It will give you a good sense of, like, okay, we – we ran, you know, more nose weight. We ran more right rear spring. We ran softer left front, like whatever it is, you know. And so those those things you can 
then just kind of pick your setup from what you had there in the spring and, and base some adjustments from what you learned this week to there. We're going to go to Bob, then Mark, then Claire. Uh, Bob Parker's Fox Sports. I know last year you said when you're going through this stuff that you try to put things kind of behind you during a race weekend and blinders and everything. But now that you don't have to worry about, like, future, when you look back to this year or look this year versus last year, is it much different as far as just how you feel at the racetrack? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say having job security is always a great thing, right? So anytime you're uh, not sure what's going on, uh, you're always thinking about that as well as thinking about working on how to make yourself be better and, and your car go faster and everything like that. So, um, you know, only having one of those things to, to think about or work on gives you double the amount of time to be able to focus on that. So, um, you know, it's nice to just, um, yeah, be a little bit more chill, right? We'll go to Mark and then to Claire. Uh, Mark Garrow, PRN. Just looking ahead to next week, you won three of the last eight at Pocono. Why do you see, seem to be so tuned in to that track, and do you enjoy the challenge of, you know, a track that just can't be perfect all the way around? Yeah. Um, well, none of us are perfect all the way around. So, um, you know, the – Pocono thing really started about 2014. Uh, me and Dave finally kind of hit on something that was working for us, and then in 2015 with Adam, uh, it really came together, and we were really fast there ever since 2015. So that was obviously with the, the JGR guys, and so, um, you know, it would be interesting to see if, if it translates with me, with the RCR group, being able to go um, to Pocono next week with uh, our Chevrolet and, and be fast. But the biggest thing to me is, I don't know. I kind of changed my driving style at the racetrack just a little bit around that same time frame, and I've kind of stuck to my guns on that. The track also was just starting to get its age because it got repaved in like 2010 or 11 or something like that. So, um, you know, it's really kind of come into its own now. It's, you know, pretty bumpy again, lost a lot of grip again. So, um, you know, it lends itself to being able to widen out a little bit, which is always nice at those uh, big high-speed flat tracks. You want to be able to find your own air, get out of the wake. So in general, how would you describe your style or what you have that works at Pocono without giving, away the, without giving you. away the secret? You've got to be good in turns one, two, and three. <laughs> Not great anywhere, just good. Go ahead, Claire. Claire B. Lang, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Sorry if this has been asked. I'm literally on the air and dipping out here for the question. Can you talk about qualifying today? And this is a really tough track to qualify at, supposedly. How do you look at qualifying here? Yeah, um, it's just tough because the, you know, the grip level, the air pressures, all that sort of stuff, are, and it's a really flat track. Like you're going across a very flat track on two inches of, of 10-inch tread or whatever, you know. So it's, it, the contact patch is very, very low here. There's not a lot of load to push you down into the racetrack. So um, you're always just trying to kind of control that slide, whether it's front slide or rear slide. But, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's tough. It's um, never really easy, but... Um, you know, over the years, I've had good success of being able to, to qualify decent here. We've had some polls, um, a lot of top threes, top five qualifying efforts as well. So it would be certainly awesome to have another one of those here today. And how tough if you don't qualify well here, which I know you will. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty miserable when you don't qualify good here because then you start deep in the field and it's hard to pass. And, um, you know, especially this day and age where this closest competition is, it's, it's even more difficult to pass. You're 
best chance of passing somebody is while you're sitting still on pit road. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of how this place has been. Pitch strategy obviously comes into play a lot, whether you take two and try to jump guys and hold on and, or, or whatever. Good luck, okay? Yeah, thank you. We'll come down here to Terrell. Hi, Kyle. Uh, Terrell Covey, Northeast Sports News. Um, you, you touched on it with Pocono, but with the, the team switch and the manufacturer switch coming in this year, you've had a lot of success at this track. Uh, how much of that do you feel like can translate to this year with, with the new team and manufacturer? Yeah, um, you know, just concept ideas, things that I've remembered and know from the past and being able to do it over again and try to explain that through to the new group um, with, with Randall and the guys. But uh, really, they've, they've had a good sense of stuff that's been really good. So we've been working off of their stuff, my stuff, all of it, you know, and trying to find a good happy medium of where we're able to make the most effort, uh, make the most speed. So um, all that has been working really well. Are there any further questions for Kyle? We'll go to Dustin and then in the back. Hey, uh, Kyle, obviously last week's race was intended to be 400 miles, but it went under 300 miles. Chicago was originally a 220-mile race. It went less than that. There have been a number of others, uh, some 300-milers here lately. You've been in this long enough where it was all about four or 500 miles, and the idea of shortening races, there were always a lot of concerns about it. We've got a stretch here where the number of races have ended under 300 miles. Are there any learnings or anything to take from what these races have provided, and is this a something to maybe make in Atlanta or at Track X a 300 miler as opposed to a 400 miler type of thing, or, or why or why not? Yeah, um, yeah, I've kind of noticed sometimes the races are over, and I'm like, damn, I didn't have a chance to get back to where I wanted to go, you know. And it's just it takes a while; it takes a lot longer. It's like a truck race, you know. You go to Pocono. Pocono next week and you run a stage, the stage is 12 laps long or something like that. It's like, geez, oh, criminy. But, um, you know, so shorter races, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It, it can be done. Um, I think it can be done successfully. I think you kind of saw maybe a little bit of rain factor last week in the racing at, at Atlanta where guys were really pushing because they knew the rain was coming, so they wanted to be up front, so the aggression was high. Um, but Besides that, uh, race distance, race length, I think if you can find a happy spot with, um, you know, a TV window, then that's just stick to that. You know, if it's a three-hour window and it takes X amount of time for per lap to do it and you're going to have eight cautions, add up that time, you know, figure out the distance that you need and go from there, you know. So um, I think to have one, two, or three, maybe four uh, crown jewels that have always been long-distance races as long-distance races is cool. Daytona 500, Coke 600, uh, probably Darlington 500, you know what I mean? So those, I would say, keep those going the way they are, and um, maybe some of the others can be short. Yeah. We'll go right here in the back. Matthew Warrens with Northeast Sports News. Kyle, can you just talk about Lee last night and the pro stock race and the fan base over there? Yeah, ran some late models last night over at uh, Lee Speedway. That was a lot of fun. So I uh, really appreciate uh, you know Tom Keen and and Archie and all the guys that uh, were able to put together that car for me to be able to come out work on it and have some fun. So first time I've been in a super late model since I think 2019 Snowball Derby. So it's been a long time. I've got rid of all my stuff, so I don't really do that much anymore. Um, but was able to just kind of get my dip my toes back in. But the Fan crowd, uh, fanfare was, was great. Everybody really tuned in and came out and had some fun. So enjoyed the night, and, um, you know, I did as well, too. It was, it was a hot box out there. It was, it was, it was warm, but, um, you know, made it through it and uh, ready to go for, for this weekend here at Loudoun. Yep. Any last questions?
All right. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Have a good one. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right, guys. Uh, we'll be there, fan zone. We're going to be giving tickets away. So uh, pay attention. Uh, listen to the show. It's a fun, fun weekend. I want to touch back on something, Kevin. Man, Kevin getting in the cars tour and to see all these NASCAR drivers going back to super late models to the grassroots of NASCAR is what is bringing the attendance back to the track. It's helping, guys. Uh, the ASA series is bringing attention back to the short track racing, uh, which really didn't lose a whole lot. But it is really good to see the ASA back. And, the, you know, Tony Stewart and his SRX series, I think it's great for the sport. Big story for the year to me is North Wilkesboro coming back and all the racing, different series that are racing there and see people back at that track, which I used to, what, two years ago had trees growing up all around it. It was a complete disaster. And Kyle, with his new attitude, and let me tell you, Kyle can win at Pocono, and I've seen Kyle in victory lane at Pocono. So, uh, I'm headed to Pocono actually tomorrow. I'll be gone for about eight days. Kyle, I'm a bit Kyle's, and we're going to go. Uh, hopefully, I get to hit BAPS on the way up on third, or Wednesday night. And then uh, I'll be at Kyle's on Thursday. So uh, we're going to do the. Arca thing on Friday, man. Just get back with my Arca family on Friday. Maybe get run by there Thursday and pick up credentials and uh, hang out for a little bit and be able to see some guys, man. I miss you. It's hard to, to do Iowa and, <laughs> and another one. Uh, Elko. I mean, that's kind of Miracle Mile, huh? you know. From from the Bama side, but hey, we we we're working on it. Pocono this week. Uh, hey, we're gonna get out of here, guys. It's been uh, one hour. Uh, thanks for stopping by. And if you heard something on here, tell your friends to listen. You always go back and play it back. Just hit that play button. Go on my TikTok, Rowdy Maglight on TikTok. Got some pretty neat stuff on there. I had one that kind of went over 2 million last week. That's right, 2 million viewers. So you never know which one. I've got some nice stuff on there, man. It's pretty cool. Check it out. 
Hit that subscribe button on my YouTube page. Appreciate you stopping by. Look out, Pocono. That light's coming to shine down. Looking forward to it, guys. Pocono. Last time I was on my way to Pocono, I met a Buddhist monk. He looked like an escaped convict because he had a orange jumpsuit looking thing over how white Buddhist monk wears. But car full of women. He needed some religion to be a Buddhist monk. See you next week, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.